Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Beggins Brothers podcast. You got Jeff Beggins and Craig Beggins. Here's what you're going to get here, and you're going to get something real, you're going to get something raw, and you're going to get some real ass experience. We've got over 60,000 transactions, 28 years, billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of real estate sold here, and thousands of agents recruited, trained, coached, held through good times, bad times. And I'll say thousands of stupid agent mistakes that we want to teach you about so you don't have to recreate the wheel. That's right. So shave off a lot of time that it's going to take you to get to a next level by listening. So we appreciate you guys paying attention and enjoy it and enjoy the Beggins Brothers podcast. All right. What's going on, BE3? Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. We love you, by the way. (laughs) We love you. So... We got a different backdrop going on today, and we're spending the day sharing the love with our top, 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 top agents, and which we do every quarter. And this happens to be at the beautiful Palmasia Country Club in South Tampa, one of the coolest, most exclusive, nicest places in town by far. On a beautiful day. It What's is the beautiful. temperature? It's nice. 70-something? High 70s. 74. Wow. Beautiful. So topic for today, and we've got... Let's open the criteria just for a second. So top end, what I do is I take the roster of 400 or so agents, I quartile it, and I take the top 25%, and I figure what their production is, and that's the cutoff to be invited to the, to the event. And for this event, it was six closed transactions in the quarter. In so, tw- or 25 grand. Or 25 grand. So $100,000 a year or 24 transactions a year, which is a pretty elite group of people. Which is six times the national average for right. real estate agents. And we had country. 60 people qualify for quarter four, which we're celebrating this quarter. And it will probably have 80 qualify for next quarter. And you've awesome. had a few that it's, they've been in the business less than a year. Yeah, wasn't that cool? Yeah, is that more than usual? Is it starting to get so there's a higher quality of people coming in or they, is the market different no, I, I think what's happening? I think we've nailed it a lot better on our hiring criteria. And Mm. if we hire them harder, we kind of feel more obligated to make them produce. So it's more of a quality quality rather than quantity. And I think that's what made this. I think we had three people. It was their first year and they made it for the quarter. And also a lot more prescriptive on how you actually build the business now as things go by. So, Dad, we don't normally get you on the podcast here, so let's... Um, because you got to wear shoes in this town. That's true. He, he, not even the dress flip-flops were appropriate to come here, so he has to put, like, real shoes on. So we'll have to get a couple pictures of this here. No Had socks. to find them. And th- yeah. <laughs> Had to go shopping just to show up today. So we were talking a little bit before. One of the sayings you say all the time that sticks in everybody's head is success leaves clues. Right? And you've been how many years in this business now? 48. 48 years in the industry. Seen a lot. How many recessions, turnarounds, ups and downs now? Four recessions. Four recessions. And you've seen people do well on the good, the bads, the ugly times. I see people, and most people don't realize this, but the real estate agents do better for the most part when the recession comes. When the good ones actually work. Yeah. Well, there, there's two major reasons for it, and, and this is just fact from watching the recessions. When the market turns down, uh, agents that that came in and they're doing okay or mediocre or whatever, they say, oh no, the market's going down, I'm out of here. And the number of agents get out of the business faster than, the mar- than any one of the last recessions uh, grew in. So, and then when the market gets better, 
then agents start joining the mar the thing, and then the competi competition increases. So it's it's ironic. And then the other part of that is that people really don't need agents as much when the market is increasing than when it's decreasing, and they're worried about losing their house or whatever. So they need a good agent then. So the agents actually make more money in the in the recession. So think about this room in here today, and the people that are in there. What are, uh, Craig, you and Dad on this one, what are the characteristics? What do you see as a common thread? We've got some, uh, the number one agent in the world essentially 21 last year. She's number two, even though it's a questionable situation. But um, so we've got really, really, really top, top, top agents there crushing it. And the whole room was full of them. So what is the common trait? What are the commonalities to the point of success leaves clues? It's engagement. You know, as I travel the offices, which I don't do often, but when I do, I see the agents that were here when I'm in their office. Yeah. And that's just, I think engagement is really true. I think if you just simply, if you weren't very good and you engaged more, you'd become good. Is that the old saying, show up? Yeah, show up. <laughs> Answer your phone. How do you get successful? Be good or be there. Be good or yeah. be there. What but else really? do you see? What, from a, a trade perspective, I'm just thinking about the room right now. What do you see, like other than the engagement, what else do we see? Positivity. I think they have basically they they have high expectations. They think the customer is going to be good, so they are good. They give off a good energy. They're all happy. They're nice to talk to. The rich and the rich. <laughs> I, Which, <laughs> I saw yeah, but, I saw a, a good a good mixture between young and old. Yes. That there's some very positive old people in here. We had some twenty-year-olds. That's right. Technical difficulty here at the time. And so, you really couldn't pick which age group was making the most money or, or dealing with a different type of clientele or whatever. Because everything's working. And every marketplace works. But I think back to the energy point, you know, this business is so tough. I mean, for us especially and, and everybody, when you're walking around, people are plugging into you. Right? They feed off of your feed. They feed off of your energy. They feed off your attitude. They feed off of what you're thinking about, what's going on in your world. Right? And so I think... If, you hit it on the head when you look through. It's not that they're always positive people. Nothing's crappy is going on with them, but they handle it, right? And they, they bring their professional A game when they're dealing with people. And because, guys, you, sometimes you got to leave your crap at home, right? And I think they do a very good job of leaving their crap at home. Like, we hear about the crap, oh, right? Because, you know, we become, you know, we know these people for a very long time. Like some of their 27 years with this company. That's pretty cool. But I think that the positive mental attitude doesn't mean they're super positive, but they bring their A game of positivity and the customers feel it, they sense it, they like it, they start giving them referrals, repeat business, and it starts to kind of snowball. Because I bet you if you think about all those agents, not the brand new ones, but the ones who have been here for a while, a lot of their businesses repeat, right? Yep. From a certain niche, right? Whether it be farming or a market or a, an area or something that they've perfected over the years. I think that's the one thing I noticed too, is they're clear on their business model. Right? If you take a Naixa, for example, she, even though today she took a listing way outside of her <coughs> area, most of her business is in like a half a mile radius, would you say? Yeah. For 27 years? But she took it because it was another client. From inside that. that area? Yeah. Right. So what else are you seeing, Dad? I, I was sitting next to a girl that, um, it's her first time uh, here, and she started talking about what she was doing, where she lived, and where she was working. 
and it tired me out to hear the different places that she was working and about the place that she was living. And so I told her a story about the place that she's living, which happens to be Mirror Bay. And the fact that Bob Height and us would sit around the old rock pit and sing songs and get drunk and, and all that stuff and what we sold the property for. And, and she lives in Mirror Bay. And someone living in Mirror Bay, she tired me out saying all the different areas that she works but the area that she lives in is the most expensive area of all the areas she works, but she doesn't really know about it. And I'm saying, my God, it's so simple just to listen and, and hear some things about this, share it with the other people that live there because then they think you're smart with what you know. And when they have a question or the market turns down, they wanna know more, they're gonna come to you. And then you don't have to fill up your car with gas that long, that much, or find out about the area that you're trying to sell somebody something so i i guess it's it's simplicity and i've been around so long that i don't want to do tough things so why well, not it's, it's smart because nobody really does and once they get put in a position to do tough things they typically don't mm -hmm. so i think what this group of i'm thinking about the i'm just picturing the people in that room again today from a, a trust is the currency of the future statement that you say all the time too the trust, these are trusted advisors. I mean, they are good agents and they actually get emotionally connected to their transactions and their clients and they knock down the walls and they do, I mean, you see the testimonials that come in. I mean, they're above and beyond. I mean, yeah. these guys and girls, girls mostly, I mean, they really are really rock stars. They're doing a very good job. They actually care. And I think they do a very good job communicating, connecting and with empathy, which was a big aha when you mentioned the, the makeup of that room today, the empathy and the... Uh, well, That's huge. if you talk about empathy, and I'm just looking at this from being an old man, if you have all your, all your empathetic women that are mostly 80%, 85%, 90% you thought, yeah. all being empathized with, by men who don't generally have a lot of empathy, there's a disconnect there. So if I'm mad managing a bunch of feeling women and I don't get in touch with their feelings because that's not my personality, then how can I manage them well? Yeah. So therefore I'm a crappy manager. So oh. why don't I pick a woman manager to be my assistant manager to make sure that I'm empathizing properly? And I didn't think that out except that it doesn't connect that Girls hang with girls, guys hang with guys, macho versus non-macho. Why do we have the macho guys running the empathetic girls? People like people are like themselves. No, perfect visual example. <laughs> we just had a management switch from one of the, the regions where we have some offices that required some major attention because it wasn't, it wasn't performing the way it should have been. And talk about that as a perfect example of what- Well, you know, I mean, my, what's the, we traded out a male manager for a female manager. And Everybody's happy all of a sudden. Talk, talk about the energy difference of that day, right? From walking in that morning to that meeting an hour and a half later. Wait, before you get there, I, I know the situation and I know that the male manager has the same personality that I have. And it's a direct, controlling, son of a bitch type personality, do it my <laughs> way or the highway. And that person's supposed to empathize with a bunch of feeling people that, that want to help people do something. Well, 
your personality is your personality. You can change it, but your basic personality is that way. So wouldn't it make sense that that, a, that office may fall apart? <laughs> Might make sense that I have an office that I sold. <laughs> right. Same same situation. Maybe choose personality profiles before we hire. Maybe. <laughs> and then do something with them. That's right. That's right. Well, that's a pretty interesting twist to the podcast there. Yeah, All right. Sure. Here we go. Oh, so, what was the purpose so of the podcast? Indeed.com and Monster. We'll have some job <laughs> postings up there later on today. <laughs> but you're, you're right on, though, because people like people are like themselves. But at the same time, you know, it, it takes a good mix. We have some rock star men working, working too, and not as many. Well, I didn't, I don't know the person that you put in down in, in Sarasota, but I saw some of the emails. And I've also seen emails that came from that office before with the person like me running it. And one is you guys rock and one is you guys suck. Yeah, yeah. And, and the you guys rock was it's just two little letters, R-O or S-U. <laughs> <laughs> the rock, uh, the rock part was because you guys rock, I just bought a coffee machine and we're gonna have a little sewing contest and you know all this neat stuff and we care about you so much and all this stuff. And this is from someone, I don't know the office, I don't know the people in it, I don't know the, the manager, but I'm saying, oh, what a nice girl, I'll bet the people love her. And interesting thing, that, that spreads pretty quickly around town. Dad wrote over with me today and he was sharing me a couple emails from people that used to be around that facility and saying I heard some interesting news. I'll share it with you after this. Please. Yeah. But anyway, that's a, a great example of just caring, right, and connecting. And actually, it's connecting, right? What do we teach all the time? People like people are like themselves, and people like people that they could trust. Can I trust you? Are you good at what you do, or do you care about me? Right? Those are the three things that clients are thinking about us as agents, and that agents are thinking about us as a management leadership team, too. Right? Are we good at what we do? Can you trust me? Are we good? Or do we care about them? And that's the whole thing. I mean, women tend to do that a little bit more. So I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've heard because you're one of those personalities that is not the empathetic. Was this an right? intervention that my wife put us up to this podcast? Uh, <laughs> no, it's an interesting play, though. So um, I love it. I think it's a short, sweet, to the point of B. You know, you're going to attract who you are. and Well, I, I think there's something else. P part of this event, to me, is, um, how do I want to say it? There's a, an element of empower, educate, and encourage, right? Encouragement. So rewarding people for doing a good job, saying thank you, is good. Yes. But there's also a, a sinister side to it. Because once you taste some, a reward, you want to continue to taste it. So I kind of use it as a carrot and a stick. You yeah. Know, you get the reward for doing the six transactions in, in 90 days, but then you kind of feel like you have to do it again next time, which is a little, you know, little trick on my part. Yep. Says the non-empathetic male at the, at the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Craig, you'll like this, especially when you find out who it was later on. This is from today. I know that, that scenario would propel me to much further um, if she came back to Beggins. I miss those team huddles and the education BE3 offers and to have your mentorship when I'm finally and truly ready to receive it, it will be fantastic. And then she sends another one. I have another agent to bring with me and perhaps others. I talked with so-and-so and she may 
come back. Initials KG? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's impressive we have 400 agents. We know most of them. Yep. Yeah, because we care. Yeah. And there's, I mean, I was talking with um, Joe, one of our managers today, is an empathetic manager. He's really good at it, too. And he's like, that's the, the reason here. I mean, he, he's 10, 12, 15 million bucks a year. I mean, getting recruiting calls left and right. And he's like, I, these guys are here. Right? And so it's, it's, can I trust you? Are you good at what you do? Do you care? And I think they know that we, that yeah. we care. And for you as an agent, so you do your customers. If your customers don't think that you actually care about them legitimately, it's, it's not working. Like, for example, this, um, the lane classes we're doing right now. I'm so excited about what's going on with some of these. Oh, some of the messages you read me. I booked three appointments today. This is an agent who's never booked a FISBO appointment in their life, and they've got three appointments in one day. Yep. And, and they're reaching out, and the, the contacts and the connection is, this just happened, what do I do next? Here's what you do, okay. Oh my God, it worked, I love this, this is awesome. Do it again. And then, I mean. <laughs> no, it worked already, I did. And then, the, but the coaching conversations are simple. So you're doing everything right. The only thing you're not doing is enough. Right, because you got a really good lead that's going to turn into a deal, maybe, or maybe not. They might sell this weekend, and you're screwed. But you're doing it absolutely perfectly. The only thing you're not doing it perfectly is you have two, right? Because now you're attached to the outcome of those two, and they may or may not work out for you. But when you have 20, right, and you're mm -hmm. connecting with them, and they know that you're good and that you care and that you actually they can trust you, then you don't care if 15 of them don't, because you still have five that do. Right? So you can't be attached to the outcome. You just give everybody you have everything you got and enough like it and enough don't. Right? That's from, from a recruiting standpoint, from a manager perspective, from a listings perspective, from a buyer perspective. The thing that kills agents and managers and brokerages is they don't have enough. Right? And, and then enough, you're vulnerable. When you don't have enough, you're attached to the outcome, which that's why you have a group like this. They're probably more successful because they're not attached to the outcome. If I lose this deal, so what? I got four more in the hopper. Right. right. Do the right thing for the customer at all times, and you're going to do better. And that's but if you're, if you're an empathetic type of an agent and you're working 20 deals then you, and you care about them all, it cre creates a lot of stress. So if you're jumping all over the town trying to take care of everybody, it's stressful. Wouldn't it be easier for you to take care of eight deals that are much more income generation for you and will give you less stress and keep you around the niche and let you help people so you're not stressed out by not being able to help everyone if your mentality is that you gotta help everybody. So those people will attract so much business but they gotta be able to keep the business so they can't overstress themselves and real estate business is a very stressful business. Here's another good example. One of our top agents in here today, another male in the room, um, he's cares so much about his clients. He, they, and they're also, there's, there's, they're real people. And when they ha need help, they call on it, right? So I was talking with this agent yesterday. We've got, he's got a, a $1.3 million listing and it's not selling, right? And so he comes in, we brainstorm it. We do the spas, we look at the market and, and I say, let's get on the phone with the seller. So we call the seller, we talk to the seller. We, I, I spent probably 45 minutes on the phone with the seller understanding the whole situation and just telling them the truth, right? About what's really going on. And the truth was that the house should be worth that, but the market's rejecting it and it is what it is. Why don't you just keep it and rent it, right? And then what else are you gonna do with the cash? Or my wife really wants to live here instead. I said, well then move. But you're gonna, it's gonna take this in order to make it move. 
And these are the things you need to do with your house. If it were me, this is what I would do, and this is how I would price it if it were me, but I'm, you're not me, so it doesn't really matter what I say, but you ask for the truth, here's the truth, and what else do you want to know? Right? And the end of that conversation was, oh, wow, thank you for the honesty resulted in a couple hundred thousand dollar price reduction, tweaking and staging, and that will result in a sale and a customer that's happy. But the agent was strong enough that, to know that it's not ever just about him, it's about the team, right? Because you would have done the same thing, you would have done the same thing, our whole team would jump in to go do it, and the agents help each other and do that too. So I think it's also a bigger than me thought process was a common thread inside that room also, is that they do care, but they also know that, you know, leverage the 55,000 deals that we did rather than the 50 that you did, right? Because your 50 are amazing, the 55,000 is amazing too. Together those combine to something that's pretty powerful. And I think that these guys leverage that very well too. I'm sure they do and the brand and the company and, and the team. So that's some of the things I see. One other thing. So my Vistage class, we had a, a nutritionist come in and his topic was talking about working with people that are in a high stress job. And CEOs of companies are in a high stress job. Real estate agents are in a high stress job. And it was a nutritional class on that. So I came back from the seminar and I reviewed my notes at Wednesday's huddle. And I can't tell you how many agents in that room came up to me and said, thank you so much. I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing yeah. this, I'm doing yeah. this. You know? And you shared it with the whole company. And I shared it with the whole company. And they actually watched, I don't think they watched the class, but they, they, they read, read the notes, notes yeah. which is pretty cool. So I guess that's part of caring too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of the thought that I figured we would just do a kind of a short suite to the point, share this beautiful location with everybody. And it's something unique and different. And just kind of a empower, educate, encourage moment about we're fortunate to be able to spend the time with these amazing agents and to be able to call them and part of our team. I think we're, we're very proud of that. And, um, and I, little nuggets for the group watching here as they can keep going and getting to their next levels would be kind of fun. And next week we're leaving for Global Conference. Century 21 Global Conference would be kind of fun. So actually we have one more podcast before we go. We'll probably podcast from LA also. And we're all jumping out there. Just so I, a thought. What if you took everybody in here and you had them write one sentence about how they got here and you put all those in a 30-second video? How many of our agents you think would watch that? What does it take to be a top producer? Yeah. That type of thing? What did it take me to be a top producer? I've been a top, like, like they introduced That's themselves today. Uh, I've been in the business for four years, and this is my second time at the top agent thing. And... I have got here because I work with first-time home buyers, or or I'm a, a great seller agent, or whatever. Take it away from us and give it back to them, yeah. who will relate to the other people there. So. Great idea. I like it. Awesome. Well, there we go. That's what I wanted to bring out to the group. Any parting thoughts? Just uh, happy Valentine's Day. Very good. Thanks for watching, guys. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. <laughs>